Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastical, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, in the podcast, where I invite my guests to come on, talk to me all about their musical tastes, their memories, their experiences, and they get to create their fancy festivals, which I have christened a fantastical. <laughs> Tonight, on episode number 90, we are almost out of our double-digit figures, into the 100s, 10 episodes left, and there was no podcast last week, so I hope everyone's had a fantastic two weeks and have caught up on all the back episodes of the podcast. I just want to say a massive thank you to Jefferson Davis, who was my last guest in episode 89. And also a massive thank you to Sam Lambeth, who I ordered his album live at the Cellar Rooms, which is an absolutely corking album. And he sent me a lovely note back uh, along with the album, thanking me for my support. So thank you to Sam. Thank you to Jefferson. So that was what's been and gone. Like I said, this episode is number 90. Time to introduce the guest for this one. I'm delighted to introduce the front man of the brilliant Louis and the Shakes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Louis Antonio. Wow, what an introduction. That was epic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I'm number 90. Big round number. Lovely number for a lovely gent in which I'm sure is going to be an absolutely lovely podcast, Louis. As always, I like to find out a bit more about my guests personally first before we start talking about music and fantasy festivals. So Louis, it's been a strange two years, mate. How have you been? How's things for you? Yeah, good, man. I feel like I've sort of finally got onto the other side of COVID. Like, I've sort of processed the last, like, two years, whatever it's been, like, within this last sort of five weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've sort of felt like I've, like, blinked and suddenly, like, COVID is over in inverted commas and I can kind of, like, move on a little bit from it now, not sort of have it in the back of my mind all the time, like, oh, what's going to happen? Is this gig going to go ahead? Whatever. Um, so I sort of feel like I'm in a really good headspace at the moment. That's great to hear. That's really good to hear. And obviously I introduced you as, like, the front man for Louis and the Shakes, but what else is yeah. kind of, what else do you like to do? What, what else is kind of your thing? Well, but like, recently, it's probably worth mentioning that within these five weeks, I've actually gone sober. So I've stopped drinking. Uh, I've gone alcohol-free is actually the term that, people like to use nowadays if they're going sober and I felt like it was just needed because I was just drinking for the wrong reasons and it's a depressant and all that stuff we don't need to go into that but like yeah it was just time I think just to have a little break give my body a a much needed rest uh, and focus on some other things so I've been keeping fit Obviously, we're recording this on Zoom, and I'm currently wearing a a gym vest. (laughs) And I've been writing a lot recently with the band. Um, I've been doing a lot of poetry as well, gotten back into that. And I'm just trying to do more, like, sort of activities, really, going to more gigs as well, obviously. For two years, we were just, like, scarce of gigs. So now that that's kind of opened up again, I've been seeing, like, some of my favourite bands, bands that have been on my bucket lists, and just... Seen friends, family, girlfriends, all the rest of it, you know, or girlfriend. I was going to say, girlfriend. It's not, it's not plural. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that would be a bad way to break it on this uh, podcast as well. Yeah, you'll be like, don't, you don't want to listen to this podcast, darling. This podcast isn't for you. I don't say anything. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to know my five festival acts. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. That's great to hear. Congratulations, Louis, on that one. I had. Um, I had Secret Drug yeah, Addict on about five weeks ago, and off the back of that, one of my good friends and the previous guest, a guy called Paul Hammond, has said he's gone sober off the back of listening to that episode as well. So I congratulate everyone um, oh, wow. for doing that. So well done for that, Louis. So obviously, Cheers, bands have sound like they've been a big part of your life. Obviously, mentioned Louis and the Shakes. How did you get into kind of like writing your own stuff and, and getting into bands? 
I mean, for as long as I can remember, I've been playing the guitar. That almost sounded like something out of Goodfellas just then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a long time now I've been playing, writing. And I think really and truly it came from secondary school. Two of my mates at the time uh, formed a band. And it sounds so corny, but they were like cool and they were getting girls. And it was like that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, yeah, I want to get involved in this. And it, it just went from there. And I think like... I've always had a bit of a creative flair in me, whether it was like writing like silly stories growing up, poems, like I mentioned. So that kind of lyrical side came really easy to me. And at the time that I just started writing guitar, uh, sorry, at the time that I was just writing uh, music on the guitar, bands like Arctic Monkeys and the Libertines and stuff like that were coming out. Massive influences on me at the time. Uh, that kind of really relatable writing, uh, like observational kind of thing. And I was just like, it kind of went from there, really. So that was probably about like early teenage years, like 13. And then once I was in that band, it just started to grow. And like, I just couldn't stop. And it was like, I, it became more serious. It became something that I formed in my head. Like, right, we're going to, you know, this band is like, we want to actually gig now, boys. Like, we've got these songs that I've written. Um, that everyone was learning at the time and it was like let's let's play them to people let's get friends down to a gig or whatever and then <laughs> that was like I don't know what sort of age that was but I just went to uni at 18 and for two years I just drank I was partying making new friends I just completely abandoned any sort of musical ambition that I had and it kind of freaked me out it got to like you know, I was like 20 at the time, um, sort of two years later, and I was like, man, I've not like really write, uh, written anything for, for so long now. I need to kind of pick that back up again. Like I had something there. I had a skill. I had a passion. Like, I need to kind of pick that back up. And then when I was at uni in Nottingham, uh, yeah, about 2021, I started a, a blues band, um, which was, I <laughs> think it was called the Blue Jay Ways, kind of based <laughs> off the Beatles uh, tune. And, and we started doing well, you know, we were getting like decent crowds, pulling in good numbers. And Nottingham was that kind of tight hub of a music scene. So like everyone's really like supportive and, and passionate. They're there to kind of help one another. It's a great local music scene. Uh, and anyone that's in Nottingham listening to this, like, you know, just um, I'm massive fans of you guys because you really do cherish your, your sort of local heroes, as it were. Uh, and everyone's kind of rooting for someone to be the next Jake Bug or whatever it is, you know. And it was a really good vibe up there, had a really good time. And then obviously I graduated uni and came back to London. And I was, yeah, again, a bit kind of like clutching at straws, looking around anxiously, like, oh, I need a band, I need to do stuff. I need to get this musical out, like this music out of me. So I was doing a lot of acoustic shows and I met Will, who's the bass player for Louis the Shakes, and it kind of went from there, really. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> great story and great to have Louis and the Shakes in their current form. So you've done, from what I can see, an EP that came out in 2019. And then that was followed yeah. up by an album in 2021 last year called How Badly Do You Want It? Both fantastic, mate. I've listened quite a few times to both of those. Nice one. So I guess yeah. tell us what, if no one's, if anyone's listening who hasn't heard of Louis and the Shakes, well, who do you sound like and you know influences i guess i think um as with any sort of great bands and i'm not saying that we're a great band but you kind of don't want to 
pin yourself down. You don't want to define yourself too much. But I think certainly at the level that we're at, you know, influences are like Black Keys, Arctic Monkeys, Foles, Queens of the Stone Age, massive heroes of mine. And that all really sort of shines through, especially on the last record, How Badly Do You Want It? You know, I kind of put this image and this idea across the band about this kind of like desert landscape that we were sort of like driving down. I had this like image of us just sort of driving down this like deserted, like stoner rock kind of psychedelic world. And it, yeah, it kind of blossomed from that really when we were in the studio uh, and this whole narrative came out and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's definitely that kind of indie rock scene of like, yeah, as I said, Queens of Stone Age, Royal Blood, Arctic Monkeys and stuff. But funny you mentioned that first EP, Late Night Stereo, because that was really kind of, there was still a lot of elements of like Louis Antonio in there when I was doing a lot of solo stuff. So I think that kind of crept in and that was quite, dare I say, bluesy and like uh, a bit old school, a bit vintage in its kind of shine. It had a bit of a Lars Shadow Puppets feel to it at times, you know, but also kind of just like bluesy, like Howling Wolf kind of vibe and uh like you know um john lee hooker all that kind of stuff kind of crept in there as well um so we've really grown and we're actually heading into the studio tomorrow for three days and again it's just about like going that next step you know developing the sound more like spreading our wings like not just staying rooted to this kind of branch of like arctic monkeys or whatever it's kind of like what else can we see in front of us and like trying to unearth some new sounds and and sonics production and stuff like that so it's really exciting so at the moment in a short answer it's indie rock monkeys who knows where it's going next love to hear it love to hear stuff like that so obviously streaming's a massive thing i presume people now if they're listening going that sounds like really cool bands really want to hear that people can go i take it on spotify apple music yeah. amazon wherever you can stream i guess you can listen to louis oh, and shakes yeah we're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. <laughs> Just make sure you spell my name right, people. L-O-U-I-S and the shakes, and you'll you'll be able to find us, I'm sure. Great stuff. And obviously, we'll plug the social media later on, but we can also plug it now. So if anyone wants to find out about what you're doing, where you're at, where you're gigging, what tracks are coming out, how do people find yeah. Louis and the shakes on social media? So we've got Instagram, uh, which is Louis and the shakes. Twitter is Louis uh, underscore shakes, which I always quite like. That's always a good one. Uh, and we're on Facebook as well, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, as I said, just make sure you spell Louis right, really, uh, and you're golden. Uh, we've also got a website, so feel free to sign up to that, um, which again is just louisandtheshakes.com. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Great stuff. Great stuff. So you've mentioned already a lot of great acts. And a lot of different sounding acts. You've mentioned a lot of blues. You've mentioned a lot of indie rock from like the early 2000s. Where, where does your heart lie? Obviously, I know people don't like to pigeonhole themselves. Are you into one genre more than the rest? Or are you like an all-rounder? Like where, What music are you into? Yeah, I think I'm definitely an all-rounder. Um, but my sort of bread and butter day-to-day is definitely kind of indie rock. Um, and I had a phase where I was really into like, I don't know how to classify it, but just, just rock, like classic rock really. I mean, one of my favourite ever artists is David Bowie, um, and alongside him, Iggy Pop. So you kind of, I've got that kind of like area as well of like that era of music. But yeah, I'd say like you know, I'm an all rounder, but definitely kind of Indian rock are definitely my two strong genres. And at the moment, is there anything that you're that you're listening to at all? So I mentioned the Sam Lambert album that I'm listening to 
at the moment. My good pal, uh, The Fleet and Glory, released his new track two weeks ago, which is a great listen. So if anyone's looking for a new act to go and follow, The Fleet and Glory is well worth a listen. So, Louis, whether it's a new or old artist, what, what are you listening to at the moment, mate? Uh, I'm really into Foles. Uh, their new stuff is like this crazy eclectic sound of mm. dance and indie stuff. Uh, and I saw them on Friday. And they're just the kings of building songs and like making them rousing and anthemic. Uh, so I'm really into Foles at the moment. Um, well, that's my list too. Father John Misty's just put a new record out, um, which again kind of shows a different side of the kind of stuff that I listen to because his new album is almost a bit like ritzy, like loungy, <laughs> I almost want to say like chat show host jazz. <laughs> like it's this kind of like. <laughs> I live and love it. It's so good. But then, like, I don't know. I listen to a lot of, like, I might pronounce their name wrong, like, Krubin. Have you heard of them? Krubin, yes, I have. Yeah. Sure. Someone mentioned, they've been mentioned before on this podcast. Yeah. They played Daddy yeah. Pally. I think they played Daddy Pally about three weeks ago. That's it. Yeah, those guys. So I'm dead into them. Uh, they nearly made my lineup, but uh, I had to ditch them. Um, yeah, then Salt, they've just put a new tune out, a uh, new record out, should I say. And then, I mean, like, you know, I'm into everything, like Tyler, the creator. Uh, it really is just like a whole range of stuff I listen to. But when I'm at the gym, it's indie rock. <laughs> <laughs> Get the old heart, heart like rate royal, going. Like royal blood on repeat, you know, just the same old thing, but I just zone out. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. So... Let me take you back then. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. I bet you're younger than me. I don't know whether your first record purchase would have been a CD or might have been a download. Do you remember like what your first music was that you bought? And what that was? A, it was a cassette. Uh, how old am I now? It's a cassette. No, it wasn't really. Um, <laughs> it was. It was a CD. Actually, the first CD I, I really went out and bought was the Gorillaz debut album, which I don't know what it's called. I don't know if that's like 19. 19- Dash 2000. I can't really remember what it's called, but that was the first CD I bought. And then, yeah, from that, obviously, as I said, like the Arctics, uh, Libertines, Kaiser Chiefs, probably, Fratellis, stuff like that. Um, it's a funny one because, like, you know, we've all got to be honest. We were we were of an age, we were of a time where it was all about downloading illegally and stuff like that, right? So when I was about, like, 15 and 16, I just was downloading music hard. And it was like... That's kind of where really and truly like my musical journey began as well. Like me and my friends had, <laughs> me and my friends had just started smoking weed and like you'd go out listening to music in the park and I managed to get my friends into like Jurassic Five, uh, which is like the, the hip hop act. But then I was also playing things like The Doors. So from a kind of musical writing perspective, again, that's kind of something I really honed in on. They're probably one of my favourite bands, The Doors as well. And I was so invested in them. I would like go home and research them and like read up about Jim Morrison and stuff like that. And again, from that stem, like Iggy Pop. And then, you you know, it just keeps going, doesn't it, really? Mm. And then I started getting into vinyl um, within the last like sort of five, ten years or whatever. That obviously had a massive resurgence. So, yeah, some of the most prized records that I've got, um, I've got like a Beatles picture disc of the Abbey Road album, um, which my dad actually gave me. It was like handed down to me which is really cool. It's never been played as well, which yeah. is, like, wicked. Yeah, yeah. so, it's you know, it's it's everything, really. I've, I've literally sort of grown up 
with every stage of music, right? Uh, and now it's Spotify. Again, another kind of minefield, uh, just this black hole that you get sucked into because you can find so many new bands on it. Um, and it is, it's overwhelming, but it's, it's amazing. I love it as a tool, you know, to unearth new music and discover stuff. It's great. So I'm kind of fortunate to have yeah, literally lived through each stage of music at the moment, you know? Yeah, it's almost come back on itself, hasn't it, with vinyl. It's almost done like a complete 360, and it's all back 100%. on vinyl, which is uh, incredible. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I joked about cassettes at the start, but they like people talk about them still now. And it's like, how has that happened? That has really done a 360. So, yeah, thankfully, I've kind of I've taken on every aspect of physical and digital music that I can, really. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So this podcast louis all about getting you to collect your fancy festival are you a big fan of festivals have you been to many have you seen any acts at any festivals that you've made you go wow that's incredible yeah yeah big time um yeah i've been to a fair few me and the band have played um some really good festivals over the years as well so we've managed to sort of see some amazing bands from that you know i think uh the first festival we went to that we played at was why not festival and we saw noel gallagher head on wow doing his high flying birds and yeah i mean that was special you know people forget that noel gallagher puts on these like epic shows uh as does liam i'm sure i've, I've not had the the pleasure of seeing lg yet i've just seen ng and yeah it's, just, it's special like you know and you're singing those oasis songs and stuff um i mean i'm a massive fan of his solo stuff but yeah those those oasis songs are what a feeling that it is you know it's so euphoric and that's what I love about Oasis. It's all about the it's all about the feeling, you know. It doesn't matter what the lyrics mean. It's just that feeling, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of other festivals we did on Black Keith, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been to loads. I've not been to Glastonbury yet though, and I've got it that written rule with the band and me that the first time I go to Glastonbury, I think Will's been to Glastonbury, the bass player. But the first time that I go to Glastonbury, we have to play. That's like, that's my thing. That has to happen. So I'm hoping next year is that golden year. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Anything can happen. Fingers crossed. You're on the Fantastical Podcast, so there's only one way you're going, and that's up, my friend. Good point about um, <laughs> Noel Gallagher. I went to see Noel Gallagher about three years ago, and it was the first time I'd gone to see him solo. So I went to see him at the, oh, uh, at the London Palladium. And it was immense. Like I love his solo stuff too. Um, yeah. And he played like the first couple of tracks from his last album that I really enjoyed anyway. And it yeah. was just like hit after hit. And some of it was like less obvious Oasis tracks, like Little by Little that I hadn't yes. heard in yeah, years. Yeah. And I was like, me and my mate Andy were like, this is a chew. And everyone's like arms aloft, just singing yeah. the lyrics back to him and like, Stop crying your heart out. He done, which was like amazing. Yeah, talk That's tonight. That's I think I saw as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, such a good gig, such a good gig. Are there any other? Yeah. Away from festivals, are there any? You said you went to a gig recently. Any other gigs for you that stand out? Do you have a favourite gig? The tour was the one for you that stands out. Yeah, I, man, the standout gig thing is really hard. Like, I was actually talking to some of my mates about this because I, I said that I was going on this podcast. So we were doing like a bit of a highlight reel because obviously I've been to loads of gigs with them as well. It is so hard to, to pinpoint a favourite gig or festival because there's just so many different reasons why as well. There's so many emotions that you feel. You know, it might be like you said, like something like an Oasis or a Noel Gallagher where you're all up in arms together and you're singing and stuff. Or it might be something so intimate and like meaningful. It's like maybe the lyrics reach out and hit you in a different way. You know? um, so I, re I really struggle with that. 
there's I think there's a few though that really kind of stick out in the mind. <laughs> Bombay Bicycle Club is probably one. Um, I've seen them about eight times. Like it's ridiculous how many times I've seen them. But the first time I ever saw them was just it was actually a festival. Uh, and it was that was one of the first festivals I went to with my mates, and it was it was magical. It was like Sunday afternoon. It was sunny. Um, it was just like the perfect time. Like the sun was setting behind the sky. The festival tent. Um, that was a beautiful vibe. Another one, Father John Misty. Really recently, actually, really resonated with me. I saw it with my girlfriend um, at the Barbican Centre. It's a beautiful yeah, nice uh, arena with his orchestra and everyone. It was a gig where everyone was just sat and listening as well. Um, Robin and standing and bumping into each other, mm. beer spilling everywhere, piss flying over your head and shit. Not shit, literally, yeah. but like, you know, just you know, whatever's like going on. And it's sometimes gigs like that really take you back because it's just you actually appreciate the art form. So that was special. That was really, really special. I can't really think of any others, to be honest, that really kind of, you know, hit that sweet spot of like being like, yeah, that gig is something I will talk about forever. You know, mm. um, I've just been lucky enough to have seen so many bands and like managed to have gone to a few festivals as I've played at, you know. Great stuff. Two is fine and two amazing acts as well. So like I said, at the top of the podcast, the Fantastical is all about getting our guests. So Louis today gets to collate his fancy festival so louis gets to pick any five acts one of whom must play one of their albums in full and louis gets to choose an encore which all his five acts can play together collectively to close his fantasy festival it can be a song by any artist that one so very simple five acts take five time slots so in the last episode like i said had jefferson davis on he collated his very cleverly titled Jeffstival Fantasy Festival, which I liked. Oh, that's, uh, that's good. He had oh, a few good. new names on the Fantastical roster. In his opening act, he picked an artist called Andrew Bird, who I'd heard of before, but not heard any of his stuff. Amazing stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good, really good guy. In his super second yeah. slot, he picked Rufus Wainwright and had him play his Once One album in full. So, again, first time Rufus Wainwright has been picked on the Fantastical podcast. In his Midway Madness slot, he picked a band who I can't believe hadn't been picked before. He picked the amazing Arcade Fire. So Arcade Fire made their Fantastical debut. And his <laughs> wow. in his pre-headline act slot, he picked Talking Heads, who have been picked a few times before. So he had them pre-headline in. And for his headline act, he went for someone who you've already mentioned, David Burry, who is a, always a good shout for a headline fantasy festival yeah. act. So, like I said, five acts, five time slots. But before we give the listeners your acts we've got to pitch your fantasy festival so we need to give it a name and we need to give it a venue so louis what are you going to call your fantasy festival okay this i really struggled with i'm not gonna lie (laughs) uh i mean it's it's really boring in hindsight now as well what was the last one jeffstival jeffstival from jefferson that's so good isn't it and it was only it was only you could only go if you were called jeff or jessica that, that was his thing. It was for Jeff's or Jessica's. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. Well, I've got a little bit more concepts in the themes and stuff like that. But, I was, but yeah, we'll come to that later. I, I was going to call it loud. How fucking naff is that? Sorry for the, the swearing. But that is, that's all I had. I was like, Louis Loud Festival. Um, I don't know. I was supposed to be a lyricist, but I don't really <laughs> feel like that's doing me justice. That's fine. Um, <laughs> 
I think uh, based on the theme, though, I might go Space Invaders, if that's cool, because this, yeah, goes into my theme, really, which is uh, I want everyone to, whoever's going, has to be dressed in some sort of space theme related costume. So, and really recently I went to Brighton and there was a pub there and it was all like arcade games and I was playing Space Invaders like pretty much the whole time that I was there. <laughs> uh, so I've just got like space on the brain right now. So how about that? Space Invaders? Yeah. All right. Let's have Space Invaders. Perfect. All right. And we can hold Space Invaders anywhere. We can hold it back in Brighton. We can hold it even in... Well, let's not go into space because that's getting beyond the realms of fantasy. We can go... In, in, well, we can go barbecue. You know, we can go space if you want. If you want to hold it in space, we could hold it in space. I mean, the, you know, the world is an ever-changing landscape. And I reckon in 10 years, we will be in space. We'll, we'll have hotels in space. So maybe in 10 years' time, let's go to space. But for now, let's keep this uh, Let's keep this on lockdown. Let's go somewhere. Brighton? Brighton's quite cool. I've, I've not seen or heard of many festivals in Brighton other than Pride. So let's let's do that. Let's go Brighton. All right. So we've got Space Invaders. We're going to Brighton. It's going to be an amazing day. Before we pick your five acts, Louis, I imagine there's going to be lots of acts who aren't making it into Space Invaders, unless they buy a ticket and watch the five acts along with everyone else. <laughs> Any acts who you want to shout out who you love, but just for one reason or another, aren't making it into Space Invaders? I should probably start with the Beatles. It was the first band that I ever listened to, thanks to my dad. Uh, they will not be making it to Space Invaders this year. They're probably booked up somewhere else, to be honest. So I'm sure they're not too bothered by that Arctic Monkeys probably got to give them a shout out one of the one of my favourite modern contemporary rock acts that I know and love uh, and I've had the pleasure of seeing a few times but that's kind of why I chose uh, I like left them out I've kind of gone for acts that I've not seen live before basically oh, yeah I've not seen any of them and there's a good reason for that as well which will become clear very soon but yeah I'm, a, I'm avoiding bands that I've seen. So Foles, definitely worth mentioning. Amazing live act that I saw last Friday, but they won't be making it. Royal Blood. I'm obsessed with Royal Blood over the last two years. Their latest album is absolutely killer. It got me through lockdown. And despite the fact that I've not seen them yet, which is really annoying me, it's really frustrating, uh, they won't be making it to this festival. And last but not least, I want to mention The Doors because I said earlier, they li they really are one of my favourite bands and they're such a unique outfit. There's something really mysterious and like unsettling about them that I'm so attracted to them at the same time. And again, having done a lot of research, I read numerous books on them. I read biography about Jim Morrison. I went to his grave in the, the French cemetery. I, it's, it's weird that they're not making it, but I've just had to go for a couple of other acts that have just tipped them, um, just because I think they would give a little bit more from a festival perspective. I feel like the doors, I don't know if they would go down well. Like, they would, obviously, but like, like knowing about some of their historic gigs, they just seem a little bit like there would be tension. I don't know why, <laughs> but Jim and Co, they're not making it. Great stuff. You mentioned some amazing acts there. And there's some acts who, I, when I started this podcast, I thought would get mentioned most weeks. So, like, The Doors have only ever been picked twice. Amazingly, yeah, nice really? episodes. Wow. The Beatles, who I thought would far and away be the biggest, most attractive band to put into a fantasy festival, have only been picked four times as well. So, barely, mm. not much, but not little. Arctic Monkey's been picked once. Uh, the Foles never been picked. 
I haven't been picked as yet. Royal Blood have been picked once, so get mentioned a bit. So they all miss out. They're all going to have to buy a ticket to Space Invaders because they are not getting on that stage. So let's yeah. go to the big day. Oh, in Brighton. Call Alex Turner. I'll leave some guest, <laughs> guest, guest list. tickets for him. <laughs> so Brighton, two o'clock. Lovely sunny day. Weather's yeah. amazing. Beers are flowing or not flowing or soft drinks are flowing. People are having whatever they like, not <laughs> yeah. not having to drink. So Louis, who are you going to have open Space Invaders? I've gone for Jimi Hendrix as the opener. Again, obviously not been able to see him live, but Jimmy, and I'm specifically thinking in my head the, the era, the time when he set his guitar on fire. I want that, basically. I want that whole set. I want that moment, basically, to be recreated at my festival as if it was the first time. That era of Hendrix really sticks out for me as well. And again, it's that time when I was like, obviously growing up playing guitar, you you learn Hendrix, like, you know, it's one of your go-tos to be like, right, I've got to aspire to be like him, best guitarist ever. So, you know, you kind of know his stuff anyway, and you play it, like, Purple Haze, like, all the time. But then, as I said, that time that I was getting into, like, The Doors and Iggy Pop and stuff, Hendrix was, like, a massive influence all of a sudden. And, like, I started going into, like, back catalogue and live albums, and he had the side projects you might be able to help me here, Steve. Something gypsies or something? There was like a, something to do with the gypsies. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Hendrix bod. Well, I've not done it very I haven't done it a lot just there. But he had this like side project thing as well that went on. Just an incredible individual. You know, unprecedented, can't be repeated really. He's a one off, one of a kind. And yeah, I think that moment in time of that setting the guitar on fire is like vintage Hendrix. So I want that to be my opening act. So I think as well, he's got that kind of festival vibe, like mm. a bit hippie, you know, the sun shining. Yeah, I don't want beer at this festival, actually, now that we've said it. I'm thinking like I'm in this sober state of mind. So that can the beer can be outside. If you want beer, drink it before. You're not allowed in with it. So, yeah, Hendrix is there and everyone's drinking Ribena. <laughs> <laughs> Ribena is the choice of drink. Mate, Ribena, Ribena is an amazing drink, so we can we can do that at your fantasy festival. Pints of Ribena for everyone in the sunshine. Mate, Jimi Hendrix has been picked five times before. He's never been picked as an opening act, so that is some statement of intent, Louis. I love it. Special. I love yeah, it. Yeah, special. Okay. So he's going to open Space Invaders. He's going to play from two till three. That's going to be an amazing opening act. We'll take a half-hour break. There'll be time to go back on stage for your Super Seconds Act, who are going to play from half-past three. It's half past four. So, Louis, who's going to be your super seconds act? I've gone with Queens of the Stone Age. I wasn't sure about putting them on at this time slot, and I'm even now talking about it. I'm reluctant, but I think I've just got to do it because the the, the next three are just legends, they're heroes. So, I think they deserve those time slots. Queens of the Stone Age, massive influences on me and Louis the Shakes. Um, Josh Homme is a god working among near mortals whatever you want to say <laughs> incredible and like what i love about him as well is that he seems to be like his influence seems to be touching on like all genres of music now he seems to work with people like paul mccartney and then you know he does this like whole musical collaboration thing with the desert sessions and stuff mm. like that and then he's done some other stuff as well with like i think lady gaga and you know elton john and stuff like that he just He's just a beast. He's a mammoth of a musical talent. And 
I want to get them. I think I can't remember. This is one of the questions you were asking, but I want to get them to perform the um, songs for the Death album, all in just entirety, start to finish. They, uh, it'd just be crazy to hear. Uh, it'd be amazing to hear those like thumping drums. Get Dave Grohl on the drums as well. Why not? He can make a little cameo appearance. So you know what I was just going to say. Normally, we might have problems getting it over the line, but because it's your fantasy festival and that album that everyone knows you played on, Grohl was confirmed, mate. Grohl was drumming the entire set for Queens of the Stone Age. Well played. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I think as well, there's because there's so many special uh, guests on that album, isn't there? There's like there's a, there's a singer. I can't remember what his name is. I think he actually passed away quite. Oh, recently. Mark Lanigan. Yeah, Mark, we can we can get yeah, Mark Lanigan there. It. Get Marky Mark there, um, so that'd be good. I mean, yeah, hearing like "Go with the Flow," "Song for the Dead." I, there's a couple of songs on there that I, yeah, I'm obsessed with. Uh, "Hanging Tree" as well. First, you give it. It'd just be incredible to see that. So, and I haven't seen them live, so that's the other reason they're going in. So, yeah, Queen of the Stone Age, please. Great shout! They're your super seconds act. They're going to play "Songs for the Deaf in Full." Grohl is going to drum like a madman. It's going to be an epic set. It's going to take place from half three to half four. We're going to take a half hour break after that, and it'll be time for your midway madness slot. So, an amazing first two acts. So, Lou, who's going to follow them and be your midway madness act? Iggy Pop is the next one, and I'm struggling like to to pinpoint a time that I'd want him to to perform because I think he's in his seventies, right? I think he's seventy. Yeah, I think he recently had he... had his birth. I think it was his birthday fairly recently, if I remember rightly. There's definitely a listener oh, really? on this podcast who have put me right. Yeah. There's definitely one. He, no matter how old he is, 70, he still performs and dances around and acts like he's in his 20s. So I think no matter what time I'm trying to capture Iggy mm. in, he will just, you know, he'll go above and beyond anyway. And I like the fact that his last album that he did, Post Pop Depression, was with Josh Homme. Mm. So I think Josh can kind of be on stage as well, maybe, I'm thinking, if that's all right, Steve. Does that break any rules? No, we can do that, Louis. He he qualifies because he's already there and he played on his album. So, yeah, he's there. That's what I'm thinking, you know. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think Iggy, for me, is is a strong midway through act. And, yeah, he can do the greatest hits, for sure. I love Iggy. Great stuff. We all love Iggy on this podcast. Only the second time he's been picked for a fantasy festival. So Iggy Pop is going to be Midway Madness at Space Invaders. He's playing from five till six. So three acts down, two acts left. Your pre-headline acts are going to start at half six and play until eight o'clock. They're going to get an hour and a half. So, Louis, who's going to follow Iggy Pop and be your pre-headline act? Before I answer that, has anyone had the Stooges? No. Interesting. I would have... uh, That was a close call behind Iggy because they are another massive influence when I was going for that sort of Doors stoner phase. Uh, I was mad into the Stooges. So, yeah, just thought that was probably worth mentioning as well. I remember listening Um, to um, the Lock Stock soundtrack, which obviously you've probably heard, and obviously I Want to Be Your Dogs mm, on there, and thinking, like, mm, that is nuts. And then as a 15-year-old, thinking that must be like a new contemporary band, and you find out that came out in, like, the late 60s, early 70s, you're like, well, and then off the back of that, I think I bought Funhouse. Right? Yeah. No yeah, questions yeah. asked, just straight into it. Yeah, 100%. They're one of the two bands off the top of my head that, like, listening to them, even from, like, the 60s or 70s, they still sound so modern, contemporary, yeah. cutting edge today. But Stooges, definitely one, and Velvet Underground. Like, if you heard them on the radio now, you'd be like, is this, like, a new band? Like, mm. who, who is this? I need to, like, find these guys on Spotify or whatever. 
there are definitely two bands that seem to just resonate throughout the years, throughout the decades. They, they sort of exceed everything. They're, they're so contemporary and cutting edge. Um, so yeah, they were they were a close call, but Iggy uh, cements his place on this lineup. Fair shout. Velvet Underground have been picked a couple of times. They've been picked four times, and obviously, interesting legendary band who. Are, <laughs> You know, you can't see anymore, unfortunately. So, yeah. Iggy Pop beats the Stooges and he just beats Velvet Underground. So, who's going to play pre-headline acting? Who who are we going for? Okay, so I've got Bowie, which I think is probably obvious. I feel like, yeah, he's a favourite on the pod, but, you know, it, it's so obvious. He's he's a hero. He's a legend. I, I've watched his Glastonbury set that he performed, what, like 15 years ago or whatever it was, so many times. And that... That performance of Life on Mars is, it just brings tears to my eyes every time. And I was massively obsessed with Bowie. I've read, again, a bit like The Doors, I've read so many books. Uh, I've watched all the documentaries that are out. He just is someone that, again, I suppose a little bit like the Velvet Underground and Stooges, just is so contemporary and cutting edge. And even to the point that his last album, you know, he made his death an art form, mm. which is just never done before. Just when you think that he's done everything and can't do anything else, he goes and does that as his like curtain call, and it's just what a man, you know. So yeah, I think he goes on there, and I suppose the Queen's already playing songs for the dead, and I definitely want to see that. But if he could play seventy-five percent of the Ziggy Stardust album, that would, that would be good. I'd like that. He make your fancy festival. He'll play wherever you ask him to play. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that'll do. Um, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. He can he can play most of that, and I would be happy. Great shout, David Bowie, by far and away the most picked artist on the Fantastical podcast. Twelfth time, he's been picked. So an amazing first four acts. We've got one act left. Headline act. Who's going to get two and a half hours to play from half eight to eleven o'clock? Now I must confess. I thought you might go for Bowie when you mentioned him earlier as your headline act. Before that, I thought you might go for Arctic Monkeys when you mentioned him earlier. So I'm a bit stumped yeah. here. I'm not quite sure. I'll, there's one band who are in my head who I, you haven't mentioned yet who I think you might pick, but I've got absolutely no reasoning behind that. But I'll obviously tell you who I think that band might be after you choose him. But Louis, who are you going to have a headline in? Who's going to headline Space Invaders? Oh, I kind of want to know who you think first. Go on, say say first. I think I think it might be the Stones, but I've got no idea why the Stones have even jumped into my head. Yeah, I think the Stones crept into my mind at some point, and it was that kind of like early seventies era, sort of "Gimme Shelter" and stuff like that. "Let It Bleed" album, I think. Um, I might be getting my times wrong there. They nearly made it. They nearly made it, but uh, no, you're wrong, Steve. I'm wrong. So say. <laughs> So who... uh, this is, I think it's it's going to surprise you. It's it surprised me, but it for me it's again it's like there is only one act to headline this festival, and that's Queen. And I know I've not mentioned them yet, and I think that's probably going to shock a lot of people, friends, fans, whatever that are listening. Um, but they were a band sort of growing up. Again, one of those ones that my dad would put on in the car. It was like the Beatles, Stones. Evie Wonder, Bowie, Queen. And Queen, there was something about them. And Freddie Mercury as a performer, Brian May with the guitar. And knowing like some of their iconic gigs, their like arena shows and stuff like that, like in Rio, that was like, you know, it's been recorded for TV and stuff like that. And you get to watch it on Sky Arts mm. now and then, you know. Um, the Wembley stuff, like Live Aid, and it's just epic. That is them in one word, epic. 
and they've they've only got great hits. So like the fact that they're going to play for two and a half hours, it's just going to be non-stop hits. And yeah, getting everyone clapping and singing along, I suppose a little bit like you, Oasis, it would be euphoric. It would definitely be like everyone hands like together, hugging and rejoicing and everything. They're a special band and they definitely are worthy of headlining this festival. They certainly are. So Queen headline Space Invaders, they make their sixth fantasy festival appearance. Queen haven't been picked in ages. When I first started this podcast, they got picked quite a lot quite early on but yeah. they've not they've not been picked since like the early 30s and we're on 90 now so queen make their long away wow. return to the fantastical stage they're going to play two and a half hours and at 11 o'clock they're going to invite david bowie back on stage along with iggy pop along with queens of the stone age and Jimi hendrix so you've got an amazing you've got an amazing stage there worth of talent but they only get to yeah. play one song and they're all looking at you louis going mr antonio what should we play and you're going to tell them what they're going to have to play. So, Louis, Louis what are you going to have them play, mate? Because it's an amazing lineup you've got there. Uh, what about a Louis and the Shakes number? Just to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> just, I can just picture like Iggy and Josh Homme looking at each other like, huh? Just sort of like, well, what's this that like, we're playing? Bullet for you or something. No, I will get them to play Give Peace a Chance by John Lennon. Because festivals are always about bringing people together all about harmonising, all about being as one for this long weekend or day, whatever it might be. It's all about having a good time and togetherness. Uh, and that song just, again, is something so important. Songs like that just continue to resonate and have meaning. Songs like that continue to have meaning for, for all of time. Um, you know, something like a mansion is just, you know, going to live on forever. Um, but I won't give Peace a chance because it just has a great message, sing-along vibes. I don't know if you know the original, but everyone sings on it anyway. It's like a chorus kind of ensemble uh, performance and arrangement. So I think that would go down really well at this festival. Great end to a great lineup. I love it. So let's lock it in then so you can still change your mind up until the point where we lock it in. So we've got Space Invaders. Oh, right. Space Invaders Festival. It's going to take place in Brighton. In your opening slot, we've got Jimi Hendrix. Super Seconds, we've got Queen of the Stone Age, who are going to play songs for the deaf. Midway Madness, we've got Iggy Pop. Pre-headline out, we've got David Bowie, who's going to play 75% of Ziggy Stardust and greatest <laughs> hits. Headlining yeah. your festival, we've got Queen. And for your encore, they're all going to perform Give Peace a Chance for you. So, Louis, happy to lock that one into the Fantastical Vaults? Locking it in, baby. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's go. When's, when's this happening? What's the date? Mate, I'm there. Whenever it is happening, I'm there. Maybe we'll do it in space in about 10, 15 years. We'll make <laughs> yeah. it bring people back. So, I guess before we finish in, Louis, you said you're going into the festival over the next couple of days. What's the aim? Is there another EP coming? Is there an album coming? What What are the plans? Do you know that yet, or are you just going to see what happens? Uh, back into the studio. Yeah, we, we've got two songs that I'd written and taken to the guys, and now everyone's kind of added their pieces together. So we've got this puzzle forming and they're very epic anthemic songs they have a lot of meaning to me right now they're very important to what i've kind of gone through in the last couple of years and one of them particularly um from a kind of band perspective as well it kind of touches on a lot of points that for an unsigned indie band you know it's very hard to make it on your own uh, and thankfully we've just been signed by marquee records oh congratulations we're gonna go with them yeah thank you thanks man so that's kind of the next step but i wrote this song prior to that happening um called trailblazer and it's very much like a 
about like I'm just I'm giving it everything. Like, what more do you want? Like, you know, I'm kind of saying that to the world or you know the, the streaming platform, whatever it might be. Like, what more do you want? I'm like, I'm, I'm giving it everything here. Um, going out on a limb, you know. And the other one is kind of a lot more personal, and it's it's um, about like mental health. It's about what we've overcome in the last few years and stuff like that. Um, and hopefully, it just you know it, it resonates with people it, you know maybe people can relate and reach out i really hope that i really hope that i can write songs that people feel like they have to get in touch and be like this is really empowering thank you like, i needed this right now or whatever it might be you know i think that for me is the big key into what we're all doing as like artists and creators and stuff it's like let's make something that's like worthwhile and it means something and it, it stands above everyone else that you know we're you know we're in a, such a saturated sort of community here in the unsigned bands it's like i want to make something that goes above that it goes beyond the expectation of just being in an indie band it's like okay they've written a song here it's actually like pretty powerful and it's like you know really hit home so that's the plan heading into the studio tomorrow going to be with michael smith who's our confidant he's our producer he helps everything come together he's the magic man behind the mixing desk so I'm really excited. Honestly, it's it feels like it's needed right now. You know, when we recorded How Badly Do You Want It, it was a bit of an escape. And yeah, it was needed, but it was it was a bit of fun. And it was like, wow, like we're actually just recording an album. Like, this is crazy. Not many bands can do that. Mm. Um, and yeah, we did it at a bit of a contentious time, but you've got to like do these things, you know? And now it's kind of like, we're at a stage where it's like, it's, it's like the cauldron's bubbling, you know, we're boiling. It's about to like boil over and it's like, we need to get this out now kind of thing. So uh, I'm really excited. The boys are buzzed as well. Sounds great. I look forward to in both of those tracks. Very forward to looking for that. Any live dates planned yet? Can people see Louis yeah. and live anywhere yet? There's a few things in the works. There's one thing that I'm not allowed to say yet, I don't think. But we're playing a festival, which is really exciting. Um, it's going to be in the summer, obviously, which is great. Um, in the next month or two. So that's happening. Um, we have got a confirmed date to play Camden Assembly, which is actually for a charity. It's something that I'm hosting or co-hosting with a company that I work for uh, to raise money for Grief Encounter, which is a charity very close to my heart. Um, so we're going to be doing that on the 29th of June. That's Wednesday, the 29th of June, Camden Assembly. All the money from ticket sales are going to go to charity as well. So it's like going to be a really special night. We're hopefully going to be playing in July and headlining the Old Blue Last in September. Fingers crossed. We then plan to take on a big show in February next year. Um, TBC. Great stuff. And if people want to keep on top of your news, let's give another shout for the social. So you're on Twitter, yeah. you're on Insta, anywhere people want to go and be on social media they can find louis and the shakes by searching l-o-u-i-s and the shakes that's the one uh and i should say as well we're we're on tiktok uh we were quite stagnant on it we weren't really doing much but now i've taken it upon myself to <laughs> you know grab the the ball by the horns and and actually start posting and uploading on tiktok even though i freaking hate it uh I, it's so confusing that platform but i'm getting better at it you know you know these things take time so Find us on that as well. And please, for God's sake, follow us on that. 
So go and follow Louis and the Shakes on TikTok. Go and follow them on any social media on. Go and download their music. Listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music. Make sure you go and listen to the boys. So that is it then. Thanks to everyone who has listened to the 90th episode of a very enjoyable, fantastical podcast. And like we've said, Louis and the boys are on Twitter. So is the fantastical podcast. So give us a follow as well if you don't already at Fantastical P. And if you don't subscribe yet to the podcast but are listening for the first time, please go and give us a subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify where you can also now rate the show. So we've got a few rates now on Spotify, but if you're listening on Spotify, please go and rate the show. Give it a nice five stars and you can also do the same on iTunes. Unfortunately, on podcast, you can't play music, but I'll get some tracks from Louis. We'll make a nice little Spotify playlist of all his acts that he's had. We might whack in a few Louis and the Shakes tracks on there as well as a real treat as a real highlight we'll get a nice little uh, uh, playlist and that'll be in the episode description so if you're listening now scroll down on your iphone or on your computer there'll be a nice little link to spotify playlist go and listen for that for some great tunes so louis thank you for being my guest mate episode 90 done and dusted you've been a wonderful guest great lineup how have you found it buddy oh mate i've loved it yeah thanks for having me on man absolute pleasure and i just hope uh we've got planning permission from the council for this <laughs> Mate, lovely to meet you. I'll see you on the 29th of June if I can at Camden. I'll try and be there to support that gig. Sounds like a wonderful, a wonderful night. So that is 90 done. Nice 91 on the way for you next week. So please make sure to join me. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.